0: Welcome to Coaching with Caroline, The Extras. When the voice notes just weren't cutting it anymore, I've moved on to longer form content to bring you my take on the health and fitness space. I work predominantly with busy working professionals and strive to weave their aesthetic and performance goals around their often hectic lives. For those of you who know, I have a nine-to-five background in the design world myself and I'm now a full-time personal trainer and online coach based in Scotland. My aim with the podcast is to bring notable voices together from as wide-ranging fields as possible, all in the pursuit of sharing knowledge and exchanging ideas. I hope you enjoy this episode and as ever, I'd love if you could share the podcast or reach out to me personally, let me know you found it useful. Let's get our message heard. Enjoy this episode. Today on the podcast, I'm joined by Cheryl Stewart, who heads up Unique Strength, Fitness and Nutrition based in Kirkcaldy up here in Scotland. She's a personal trainer, online coach, mum of four, undoubtable queen of pull ups, and now bride to be as of December. You just have to read the testimonials on Cheryl's page to gain a glimpse into the value that she brings to her clients in their body composition and performance goals. She instills confidence in the women she trains and in every sense leads from the front in the community that she's created. Sit back and enjoy this recording with Cheryl Stewart of Unique Strength Fitness and Nutrition.
1: Cheryl how are you? Hello Caroline I'm really well thank you how are you?
0: I am wonderful just to um to let everyone know we're catching up the madness hasn't quite started yet, has it? We've just come into the new year and we've just been, before we jumped on this call, bracing ourselves for what's going to be, we hope, the January rush in, in the fitness world. Cheryl, how are you? How are you feeling about everything going forward?
1: Yeah, I feel okay. Obviously, like yourself, experiencing the lockdown last year, I think we know what we're doing, confidence, what results we still got last year, so we can do this again.
0: Absolutely, no. I love the the positivity. Cheryl, let's go straight into, into you, what you do with the women that you train and a bit about your background.
1: Okay, so my name is Cheryl Stewart and my business is Unique Strength Fitness and Nutrition. I first started in the fitness industry in 2014 teaching classes over the past four years, I have been more focused on one-to-one personal training. Since becoming more busy with one-to-one sessions over the years, I decided it was time to give up teaching classes so I could commit more time and energy to personal training. This worked out better for family life as well, because when you teach classes, like you know, you're quite committed to a certain times each week. So being able to be more flexible does definitely suit me better. I work with mainly females. I do have one male client, Kenny. Hello, Kenny, if you're gonna listen to this. My clients are aged between 20 to mid fifties. I do work with anyone looking to get fit, but I do have a passion for working with mums and I like helping them still be able to prioritize themselves as well as being a good role model to their children. So obviously having children myself, I feel quite strong about that. I think like when you keep yourself fit, you have much more energy for your children and this is something that clients will report back to me that even like going for a walk feels so much easier. Sounds something really simple that you don't think about. I like to keep it real and make myself relatable to my clients. I have life experience and dieting, juggling, keeping myself fit, as well as running my fitness business and bringing up my four children. I like to help people find a good balance on fit and exercise into their lives and a firm believer or on not one approach fits all, which I'm truly sure you, you understand.
0: Yep, absolutely. And I think, um, Cheryl, that's very modest to say that you keep yourself fit. You've just come out of a photo shoot with uh, Ian Barclay. I feel like I talk about Ian Barclay a lot on this podcast, but um, you've just come out of a photo shoot with Ian last Christmas and the outcome was amazing. How was that photo shoot prep? How are you feeling at the back of that?
1: I feel relieved it's over. It was interesting. This time I was getting much more sleep than when I prepared for my photo shoot in the summer. I was still breastfeeding my little boy then and basically running on really low sleep. So it actually felt a lot easier compared to that experience. So I think I definitely did cope better. I think After you've already had an experience, you know what works for you, you know your triggers. So it was actually quite an exciting time for me as well for it being Christmas. I knew I was going to get a break and be able to enjoy some treats and stuff, guilt-free. And Ian made it such a good experience that I honestly couldn't rate him enough. I definitely would do another shoot with him. And I actually have clients who want to do a shoot this year and... 100% 100% going to use the end.
0: <laughs> yeah, well, actually, you're saying that my girls are starting on Monday and their shoot is at the end of March. So you that's. You
1: were telling me all about that you had a group shoot book. That sounds so much fun.
0: Yeah, so we're going to be, I think, how many of us are going? There's eight or nine of them um, are going to go through the process. And I think I wouldn't have anyone else do it, really. You get the comedy show as well as the great outcome, don't you? It's <laughs> all, all in one package.
1: Yeah, definitely. He was telling me about the group shoots and just saying it was really a good laugh and everyone like yeah a good day. not to love.
0: Um So, Cheryl, you mentioned there that you were juggling photo shoot prep with with your young family. Um, you've got you've got four kids, don't you?
1: Yes, I've got four kids. So. I've got two girls who are 16 and 13, and then two boys who are eight and three.
0: <laughs> so you crazy, busy household. Um, we've spoken actually previously, I did some design work for you a little while ago, and I remember thinking at the time, I think I even said to you, I don't know how you fit all of this in. I don't know how you do it. It does <laughs> also, feel crazy.
1: People when they ask me, because I think, I don't know some days how I do it. But I guess you just build up habits over the years, and it just becomes the norm to you
0: just because we'll maybe talk a little bit more about those habits a little bit, a little bit later on. And we'll dive straight into this. And obviously, we've been given some unfortunate news up in Scotland where we're returning into tier four. And I have some English clients who have also been given that unfortunate news. And, you know, we're all going back into the lockdown situation, however long it might be this time, we don't know. Um, How are you approaching this, um, either with yourself, or your own clients?
1: So I am lucky enough to have my garage all set up, all kitted out. So my own training is going to be fine, thankfully, because, yeah, I like my little workout escape. And as we were saying before we jumped on the call, that can be quite hard if you're working out in your house because you might not be able to escape the hustle and bustle. If the dishes need done and stuff, it can be quite hard to get into workout mode. So I do quite like that I can still leave my house to go into the garage to do my workout and I feel like I can switch off and just feel like I'm in the gym basically. As for clients, a lot of them are the same. Some of them have set up a room where they just do their workouts if they're lucky enough to have that extra space. So tomorrow, I am going to be catching up with all my clients and we're still going to set goals as we normally would and get a plan of action going and just basically transition to online coaching for the whole of January. Hopefully it won't go much longer than that, but if it does, we will just keep focused and keep going with online coaching until things change.
0: Until such time, I think it's the the unknown, isn't it? That's what's actually throwing people off. It's not the being in lockdown. It's that whole thing of, I don't know, do you ever, you know, if the, I don't know, like a flight is delayed and you get that sign on the, on the board that just says delayed. That mm-hmm. always makes you feel really, really unsettled. If it says like delayed and then a time, you always feel totally fine about it. It's, it's more the unknown, isn't it?
1: Yes, yeah, definitely. I think it is and not known if you're going to get on holidays or if events are going to go ahead. Like, obviously, some things drive people to stick to their goals, like photo shoots, weddings, for example. So it can be quite hard for people to stay focused. But I do feel like I'm in a good place to help them with this, stay focused, no matter what yeah, it's very
0: much lead from the front as well and that you have to be in the best possible headspace in order to yeah, you know, right. to help in the best way, don't you? Um, in terms of practical things, you mentioned setting up, you know, rooms in your house if you have the available space and if you can escape for a little bit and, you know, put the dishwasher on and make sure none of that distracting stuff is going on. Is there any other practical things you might encourage people to do to make that home workout transition, particularly in January, because we find ourselves in the winter months now, as opposed to the last time when we were in the summer, things just seemed a little bit easier. Is there anything you would encourage people to do?
1: So talking about mums, like if you have kids, I would either get up before the kids get up to do the workout, But maybe if you've got a baby, this isn't always suitable. I remember when I was breastfeeding, like the wee one needed me there basically all the time. So it was easier for me to escape to do my workout later in the day when either my older kids or my partner could be amusing them. So really just working out when is realistic for you to work in. There's no point in just saying, oh, she does a workout six o'clock in the morning. It might just not work for you. Like when I was breastfeeding, I found that, that actually getting that extra sleep at that time was more beneficial to me. And then I could put the workout in later. Also I think for mums, it's quite nice to have something to look forward to later on at night. It sounds a bit funny looking forward to work it, but if you are stuck in the house all day while your partner's at work, it can feel quite a long day and lonely sometimes if you have a baby. So knowing that seven o'clock partner's in, gonna get a wee half an hour workout. And then it just gives you that boost to get through the rest of the day and you feel upbeat, and you've managed to tick that off your list doing your workout. Mm
0: -hmm, Absolutely. Um, You mentioned there a little bit about um, how mums specifically can deal with that. Um, I suppose it's something that, not being a mum myself, I will be slightly tentative in terms of giving parental advice as an objective kind of outlook as an onlooker you can give kind of practical advice but I think only when you've been in the trenches and you've you've changed the nappies and done the late nights you really have grounds to actually actually speak about it um what are your general barriers you see and I'm talking not just from a from a home workout environment but what are the general barriers you'll see with women trying to meet their physique goals when they have particularly young families?
1: Sometimes mums can feel really overwhelmed trying to fit in everything they need to so even like prepping their food trying to get daily steps in fitting in all workouts along with maybe juggling work and their family so this can be quite stressful and sometimes they just think no this isn't the right time for me so I do like to support them and sometimes we will just focus on one thing at a time so this might be just a diet for example I've had many mums that for 12 weeks we've only worked on diet and then after they've lost a stone they have started to go for daily walks adding workouts because it certainly can feel a lot and I know when I wasn't getting much sleep if somebody was telling me to go and do 10,000 steps like for me personally I think sometimes if you are really sleep deprived then you're going to struggle so much with your diet if you're adding in all that extra expenditure so you're better just to focus on one thing at a time and it makes it feel more manageable especially for new mums when it might be something totally new for them having to look after a baby so it can be a lot to think mm-hmm. and you, you know,
0: mentioned the one thing at a time so like really to, is there an order that you will always attack that in so you said diet first then movement with everyone is that always the sequence you'd go through Generally.
1: Well, I like to be flexible. If someone really struggles with their diet, then sometimes I'll work on stuff like just making sure they're drinking two litres of water a day and maybe a daily walk. And then when they things are in place, then we can look at diet. So I will always be flexible because it just really depends on that client what I feel would be best and easiest for them to first incorporate into their lifestyle at that time. I think a big thing for me as well is trying to get the other people in the house on board so their husband for example them sharing with them how important it is that they want to change so them being supportive like looking after the baby for example for an hour so they can do their workout or maybe they can help with some food prep. Mm-hmm.
0: Oh, so, so getting everyone else on board and really yeah. sitting down having that conversation and talking about why it's so important for you to be making that time for yourself or just to wanting to better yourself, even just a bit of an escape. I think it's That's important to it. open the line of communication, isn't it? And yeah. have that chat. I know,
1: and I think it's that not feeling guilty that you want to have a little escape because normally the partner gets to go off to work, so they get a little escape. So it's just nice for the, the mums to have that little half an hour for themselves. And if they're not up to work out, they can go and have a bath or something. It's just something. It's a little bit of time for themselves. And it does really do wonders for mental health having that little bit of time
0: shall mm-hmm. you mentioned guilt there is that something that you've experienced either personally or with a lot of your clients those feelings yeah,
1: definitely like when you have little ones for example this morning when I was going to do my workout my little boy was holding on to me saying okay I'll see you when you come back and it does really make you feel bad and I said to my partner like oh and then he but he's really good and he'll say come on and he'll distract them but obviously if he wasn't as good at that then I would feel really bad about that and I know other people have said that their kids have been crying when they're leaving the house so it can be really tough but the way I look at it is that you do need that time for yourself and if you were going to work then you would have to go you wouldn't feel really bad about that and you are doing it like to help your kid as well in the long run because a happy mum makes a happy baby in my eyes.
0: Yeah, absolutely. I've also had clients who anecdotally, you know, their, their kids have come out with amazing lines, because they've gotten used to mum exercising so much, and they've gotten used to mum eating well and introducing veggies and fruit and all these new things into the diet. And I think one of the best lines I'd ever heard a client uh, their daughter had said to them was that you know mum I want to be big and strong like you when I grow up you know like these kind of things that you just think like the precedent that you're setting from such a young age is, is it amazing. really
1: is so true like my eight-year-old will sometimes ask me what would be classed as a healthy breakfast and we often discuss just about balance that yeah it's fine to have some things like pancakes and biscoff, but it's also good to have some fruit some days and like porridge etc. So it's definitely good to give them like a scope of it all.
0: Yeah that's so interesting. So your eight-year-old is very well is, is aware of you know health and balance and what about you mentioned you t- had uh, two slightly older girls. How do you approach more the the stand of body image and confidence and that kind of thing. How do you approach that with them?
1: Yeah, so I like to try and be laid back about the scales, for example. I don't think it's good to be throwing your teenage or daughters on the scales. And I think it's good to show that like, even if we all wear the same weight, none of us would look the same. And they know that how much like exercise can change your body. So if you're not happy with your body, you can obviously do things about it. But they have got a good understanding, obviously of diet as well. But I like to be laid back and they still get to have treats if they want to have treats. I'm not a mum that's so strict because I think that people that are so strict and don't let their kids enjoy some treats then the kids end up rebelling and basically eat all the treats when mum's turned her back.
0: Yeah, 100%. Do they ever, how do they feel about mum like getting her her photo shoot done and you know, with guns and (laughs) how do do they feel about that?
1: Yeah, I think like if you ask them, then they are really proud of me like, and just about the podcast for example, the girls were really excited that I was coming on and my eight year old thought this was super cool because he would love me to be a YouTuber and stuff and I've never got around to that. So it's probably the closest thing Caroline to that. Um, He loves the fitness side of it. Like me and my partner are always winding each other up about who's better at this. So he's always in on the jokes and saying mum's stronger than you, dad, and stuff like that. So we really have fun as a family, like talking about fitness, taking part in fitness. And that's the thing, like you can't always get your kids involved.
0: Yeah, so you, so you and your partner are both into into fitness, and that's obviously rubbed off on the kids and just your mm-hmm. lifestyle in general. It's probably feels yeah. second nature.
1: Yeah, definitely. Amazing. And can you um, tell me about that as well? Like you know, like like you're saying, once they start doing workouts, the kids want to get involved and get themselves little dumbbells and stuff.
0: And do I um, actually one of my clients, uh, we had our two kids at a boot camp once and they were doing, you know, walking lunges with mom and doing it. It was honestly probably one of the highlights of, of my whole time of doing it. It's just, it's amazing. Sorry, Sarah, we slightly, slightly deviated there. Um, in terms of women who are looking to make changes, kind of lasting changes into their, their lifestyle, obviously they have they have a lot to juggle from time constraints and, you know, all the practical things that come along with that. What are some tips that you have either, or shall we say hacks, that you've okay. found have really helped in terms of just making family life and fitness life gelling together that a little bit easier?
1: Okay. So definitely like what we were just saying a little while ago, focus on just one thing at a time if you're feeling... Like overwhelmed so that can be just aiming to get two liters of water in a day or going for a walk and each week you can try and add something to this so eventually it does all come together you can obviously take the kids on your walk so you're getting your walks in and that's not really causing any problems you're not needing a babysitter etc be prepared for things not to go to plan this is something if i'm honest Like when I first had my youngest, if I planned to go to the gym and that didn't quite go to plan, I was a bit like, oh, so that's something that I've worked with and that's something that I come across with clients a lot. So for example, if you're planning to go to the gym when your little one was in nursery and then they were sick, so they're off nursery. A lot of times clients will tell me then the diet's gone wrong. So stress built up, they start comfort eating. So it's trying to be like quite flexible with your approach. So a, an example of that would be like, if I couldn't go in the morning to the gym, then I can wait and go at night when my partner's finished work. And if I didn't get, it's not the end of the world. So it's just trying to like, everything doesn't need to be 100% perfect. And when you've got kids, no day's the same. It's never always gonna go to plan. So definitely just be prepared for that and be flexible about that. Planning. I encourage my clients to plan on a Sunday because if you don't plan when you've got kids, it often doesn't happen because you can maybe come in from work and you think, right, kids need bath, this needs done. And before you know it, it's 10 o'clock and that's not happened. So I always think plan that time in, tell your partner that's when you're doing it and just stick to it. Obviously unless something really crops up that you need to change it. Being patient, learning to be patient. I think females are really bad at this, including myself. We want everything yesterday. And I think no matter how good the plan or programme is, you need to be willing to put the work out and not feel sorry for yourself. I know it can be hard when you're a mum, but everybody's feeling the same when they're starting something it can be tough and you could think no one's living my life like when I was doing the first photo shoot prep I used to look at people on Instagram and they looked like they're winging their photo shoot prep and I just felt so awful i was so tired but I was choosing to do this so it's just you've just got to basically fit a plan for you and make changes where you need to and I think if you can't do it alone, then definitely get a coach. It's the best way forward for having somebody to really support and only care about you so that you are making yourself a focus priority.
0: Absolutely. There's two things I love about that. One, you seem to have this absolutely perfect balance between tough love and self-compassion. You seem to be very much able to have this like very relatable and in the way that you I think your self-talk seems very realistic but with a side dose of man up and get on with it kind of thing which I really like in terms of balance.
1: I remember one of my clients said that someone said to her, like how do you just through the program and she said Cheryl's just got a way about her she's quite got a and manner but you know just to do it so I quite like that.
0: <laughs> Perfect the other thing as well I think um, for anyone who's listening to this who doesn't have kids, you could apply every single one of those principles, being patient, planning in advance. So like Everyone can learn and apply those, those principles. I think it's absolutely more important when you have dependents and you have a family to juggle. But I think there's a lot to be said about that for absolutely everyone.
1: And sometimes I actually find that some of my mum clients, do better than clients that don't have kids because they do prioritize their time better because they simply have to whereas sometimes when you've got too much time in the day you can often just laze about basically and think oh I'll do it later but I sometimes think the more you laze about the more tired you feel and then you can't be bothered and it can become quite a vicious circle whereas if you know I only have between 12 and 1 to get it done I'm getting it done now or it's not happening
0: it's like that work deadline isn't it that you know you've got to get done like it's somehow magically always happens when you put a time limit on it doesn't it like it always always happens mm-hmm. um I wanted to touch we have got a little bit of time I want to touch a wee bit on training pre and post pregnancy is this something that you will will you take on clients will you continue working with clients if they are pregnant
1: Yes, I'm still happy to work with clients who are pregnant. When I used to teach classes, this is something I didn't feel confident about. This was before I'd done any pregnancy qualifications. So I feel more comfortable now in having like my own experiences. I would say that it just depends on each individual, like some pregnant clients, do feel well the whole way through and some maybe are really keen to keep going but they don't feel well and sometimes I do just have to advise like it's better just to have a break. Mm -hmm.
0: How did you find your own experiences?
1: So I did (laughs) generally keep fit, some more fit than others. The last pregnancy I took a little break in the first 12 weeks I did really light workouts only because because I had had a miscarriage before then so I was really quite cautious in case this was from lifting weights but after more experience I realized it was just one of the unfortunate things so I did still continue to do my normal training but the weights were like less than half of what I was lifting before which to an outsider might still look heavy for somebody who was pregnant but they obviously don't know what my body was used to so it all just depends like at the starting point as well like some clients have come to me and they haven't done any exercise at all and sometimes I would just advise like walk in general swimming and stuff if this it's not really the time to start a new that this plan.
0: Mm-hmm. There's so much conflicting advice isn't there and I think if you read absolutely anything and sorry just to I suppose I don't need to explain to anyone listening to this is that obviously my knowledge when it comes to training pregnant women is all theoretical and I think unless you've walked the walk you've experienced it for yourself and um, it's difficult to know and I think as well when you're reading any advice or guidelines on this there's always a massive caveat of This is down to personal, like this is down to each individual, depends how you're feeling and your pregnancy. So as a coach, I suppose you need to know that the generalization, but be able to read the the signals of someone when they might not necessarily know what they should be feeling. Or
1: that's right yeah and it's just trying to get the client to tune into themselves so like me I was still using weights up until a certain point and then I'd say like 30 plus weeks I started just feeling like body weight squats were more than enough for me so it is just knowing that and obviously I love lifting weights and that but I knew that time wasn't right to carry on lifting weights like I was quite happy just still being able to do some form of exercise
0: Mm-hmm. and for anyone listening who's not familiar generally when you are training a pregnant client you would you'd obviously go with the way that the client is feeling but general rules of thumb drop the weights you'd look to go higher volume lower weight exercise you probably want to avoid certain positions probably want to avoid Everybody certain movements
1: back after like 60 weeks so like bread and stuff I just take right out and you need to be careful, like lifting things over your head and stuff. Like some people I still see, like throwing the barbell about and stuff, but I wouldn't personally be comfortable with my client doing that.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think unless you were. I don't even know if you, if you were an, an extreme athlete, you probably still want to be, you know, I mean, doing your deadlifts. There's way to adapt things though. If you want to move from a conventional to a to a trap bar deadlift, if you want to you know, move to more machine based rather than dumbbell work, there is ways around it that I think women shouldn't be deterred from training the whole
1: like machines in the gym come in quite good like obviously certain ones like a leg press your bump is not really happy with that position (laughs) but some like like the leg extension etc you can use that a bit easier than you can do like a smith machine squat for example like so it's just being a bit more flexible
0: In terms of, I think the bottom line is that it makes you feel better to go in and do that workout. Okay, even if it's not the weights that you were lifting before, even if you're not going to be smashing any personal bests in the next couple of months, I think it's that acceptance, isn't it? But we as women don't seem to accept things like that very graciously.
1: It's a kind of. I definitely did was cut down the time massively, so my workouts kind of went from an hour to twenty minutes. Twenty minutes felt more than enough. It gave me that fix, and it just felt a good amount of time.
0: Really, was that one of the things? Was that was yeah. it more draining, or what yeah, was it?
1: Yeah, I definitely felt really tired, and yeah, I obviously carrying in this and quite a bit. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, I think by that point it is enough, and it is just try to really tune into yourself.
0: Mm-hmm. what about diet during this time
1: so yeah you actually don't need that many more extra calories than what like a lot of people would like to think um, so you can basically just carry on as normal and have like up to 500 extra calories nearer the end but at the beginning i'm sure off the top of my head it is actually just like 200 calories extra
0: Wow. And I think people find that surprising because there is the whole old wives eat for two um, mantra, isn't there? Whereas that's not necessarily the case.
1: I know. I remember talking to a girl on holiday that I met and she'd said she'd put six stone on in her pregnancy. And I was like, whoa. But she said she was eating Big Macs like they were going out of fashion, basically. And I think a lot of people, like obviously people genuine maybe do get cravings, but... I think you do still have to have some control over it. I think it could be easy when you're pregnant, just to think, oh, I'm pregnant, like, I'm needing that. But I actually felt like when I was pregnant, like, especially at the end, you've no room in your stomach you get feel so quick because it's just all pressing against you. Yeah.
0: did you um, Did you experience any... Or have heard of any kind of strange cravings this is something that I didn't really
1: have any strange cravings like I quite crave like nectarines one pregnancy but nothing crazy some smells made me feel sick but apart from that I didn't really get any crazy
0: nothing and you've not had any clients who have had any bizarre
1: no I've heard of clients saying like ice lollies but apart from that no
0: well, there are worse things to be, if it's nectarines yes, and ice lollies that you're craving, there are definitely worse things that you could be. And what about a post-pregnancy? What are your general rules of thumb? Say you've been training a client, you've got a good relationship with them, you know them very well. Post-pregnancy, what are your kind of timescales or is that far too general?
1: So you get a six-week check. I wouldn't be comfortable having a client before that they'd had their postnatal six-week check with a doctor. If it's been a section, then generally it's more like three months or better to wait. And just going from my own experience, like you definitely just have to build stuff up slowly with good exercises. And me going from being able to do like pull-ups, pull ups, full press ups, like when you try that a few months later, your stomach muscles are like, oh, this is not happening yet. So you do have to be patient and just kind of build it up with low reps again
0: yeah and is that um i mean how long how long did it take how long did it take you and you must and your training experience is spanning years so i'm guessing an accelerated recovery for so you. i
1: took 12 weeks off with my youngest one six weeks before i had i in mean, six weeks after but i'd say like it was a good six months before my fitness and strength was anywhere near where it was before
0: wow wow um but yeah, no reason that you can't be going out for walks, that you can't be keeping up yeah, on that diet.
1: Okay, I think it's important to let your body rest and just chill for a good week before you go out for walking because sometimes if you go out for walks too quick, it can put quite a bad pressure on you and you can end up with pelvic floor problems. So yeah, just resting up after you have your baby, there's no rush to get back out. But when you start to feel up to going out for a walk, you can go out for a gentle walk. But no hazy hill walking to begin.
0: <laughs> yeah, crazy. And um, the other thing I was going to ask is that obviously these are all the physical kind of implementations and you know, the, the physical effects of giving birth. What about from a psychological point of view? Obviously, you would have been used to. You mentioned it there. You know, strength was was down on where it was before, and your body has also gone through this ordeal. How does it affect you psychologically in terms of?
1: Yeah, it's quite difficult to begin. You are living on adrenaline, you feel amazing, you've created this little baby, you're feeling so happy. A few weeks later, you do start to go through some changes and you're laughing one minute and crying the next. Your emotions are all over the place and obviously your body's changed. I definitely noticed a big loss in muscle mass. You're suddenly thinking, When am I ever going to look the same? But I think like, I did have quite good confidence knowing that I've done it three times before, but I can see that it can be hard for new mums, especially if they've maybe waited until like, in their thirties before they've had a baby. So they've been used to having their body look in a certain way. I wasn't fortunate enough to escape the stretch marks. So obviously you've got that as well. So some people can find it tough coping with all the kind of physical changes to your body as well as the feeling like the mental changes but just giving yourself time and you do eventually get back to normal and just enjoy being a mum but it does come with challenges and people can obviously get postnatal depression stuff which I suffered with with my two girls which I think we're going to maybe touch on another time to go more into that so I think it is just if you have a client who's just had a baby like being supportive and also maybe giving them some space as well just knowing like because sometimes when you do have a baby that it's not like you get to sleep a full night's sleep sometimes you're having a nap in the day you're up all night it's just can be like that for a good few months. Mm-hmm.
0: And I think you've touched on there. I think at another point in time, we're going to come back and go and do a bit of a deep dive into, I think we'd like to talk about kind of hormone changes and post depression and a little bit more into, into pregnancy. But yeah. the pressure when it comes to particularly post-baby, do you think this comes from women or do you think this comes from external sources? Or so
1: both? Are you meaning like me as working in the fitness industry are just mums in general.
0: I think mums in general, but actually you're, you're quite a specific case because I think there's always that notion of you as the PT have to always be a certain way. But for mums in general, where do you think the pressure comes from to bounce back, shall we say?
1: I think possibly social media, like over the years, like it's just constantly, isn't it? When you go on and people will always look at other females looking in great shape and i think it's just that it's more external
0: mm-hmm. yeah and women who perhaps are in that situation or have ever felt like that is there anything that you would would suggest they do or you know things that you did to maybe focus or refocus elsewhere on on your post having your baby <laughs>
1: I definitely advise to try and just come off Instagram I don't find Facebook as bad but I think people are struggling with like their body image then I don't think looking at tons of fit females is going to do them any good at that present time so I think that is the first step and then just concentrating on one thing at a time and setting themselves little small goals to work towards I think fitness is a good one because it can distract you a little bit about just solely on the way you look so for example like we could talk about like right, let's try and aim to be able to do five press-ups by such and such a time so once you've done the five press-ups like it gives you a bit of confidence like oh I can do something positive and then before you know it like your body is starting to look and feel better
0: it's progress goals isn't it rather than aesthetic or and i always say this to women the the byproduct of process goals is generally that your body is looking aesthetically how you want it but it's not that that looking at progress photos all the time or jumping on scales, we'll do non-scale weight victories. So we might pick a couple of things to concentrate on each week that are nothing to do with body image. And it might be, you know, prepping meals in advance. It might be upping our sleep. It might, it could be anything. Um, And that's something that I generally like to do to take the attention away from from scales or body image and things like that. I think it's important. Yeah, I
1: think Sleep is a big one and lots of people will say like nap when your baby naps. And I still say that to people when they laugh, but I remember being the same because you've got that much other things that you feel like you want to do. But fourth time round, I was definitely napping when my baby was napping because that extra hour of sleep does you wonders. And I think you only learn that with experience, but new mummies definitely do it
0: definitely nap and um, Cheryl what's next for you and unique strength and what are your 2021 20, goals
1: so we have some clients that are going to go through Photoshop prep so this is really exciting I'm excited to take them through it and I just know a few of my female clients that are going to look and feel amazing for doing this I think it's good that it's not just like so you've got these pictures to show on Instagram but it can really do wonders for people's self-confidence so I'm really excited about that obviously I will be doing a lot more online coaching again this is quite new to me so enjoying this new venture hopefully we'll get back to -to one-to-one sessions face-to-face because I think there's nothing like seeing somebody in person And my own personal goals, I am hoping to be able to do 25 pull-ups this year. I don't know how long this is going to take me, but hopefully by summer. And I am thinking of doing my first bodybuilding show, which I have booked my first posing lesson. That side totally, really scares me, basically. So I will feed back to you once I've done that. (laughs) My
0: goodness, my mind's just, I mean... You have, I had to at one point stop watching videos of your pull-ups because I was getting such a lat envy. Like <laughs> they're just absolutely insane. Can we talk about the 20 pull-ups and what the deal was with that? Is that something?
1: <laughs> yes, yeah, so yeah, that was a joke that Brian said that if I did 20 pull-ups, so he knows I'm quite competitive with myself, but I don't think he ever thought this girl is ever gonna manage to do 20 pull-ups because I still remember a few years ago, I couldn't even do one more resistance band. And I remember him looking at me saying like, but how can't you do it? You've got the resistance band to assist you. And I just felt like it was impossible. So just basically every session I was in the gym, I would try and practice before or after, jumping up, doing negatives. And then I've just built it up over the years and failed a lot of times, Caroline, at that 20, but I eventually got there.
0: And the deal was when you got to the 20... 20- he was going to put a ring on it and exactly
1: what it was.
0: <laughs> and on December what, last last month
1: yeah I think it was on the 12th That's so bad. I can't totally say the exact but yeah I think it was on the 12th it I remember 12th. it was the week
0: before your shoot though wasn't it because I remember thinking <laughs> she must be dieting and this is it was in your peak week wasn't it
1: yeah I remember just went to Edinburgh and we went in a coffee shop and it smelled like such nice bacon and I couldn't have anything and he, to me and he said do you want anything I was like nope <laughs> get me a beer, please.
0: So um that's on the horizon either this year or next year that'll be wedding.
1: I think realistically maybe next year like February, April, I don't know. Her we were talking
0: about this. It's so difficult to plan, isn't it, with everything that's going on? It's one of the things I think clients are struggling with the most is that, and ourselves, is that it's really difficult to plan every, anything with with what's going on. But it's all very, very exciting and competing, that the next thing. Honestly, is there nothing that you, you're not doing or that you can't do? And I genuinely think,
1: <laughs> where do you find the time? I don't know. I just feel like it's one of the things I need to do. But... don't know like I say the posing side really scares me I'm not really that type of girl but we'll see how the first posing lesson goes it's actually booked for tomorrow so
0: that'll be amazing I love that what you've done is the thing that scares you the most is the thing that you've acted on essentially first
1: yeah I'm gonna nail this try that and see if it's for me I think you know quite quick if I can get to get up, less or not? But do you have something- a pair of heels? Pardon? Do you have a pair of heels? I do have heels, but not quite the clear bodybuilding heels. <laughs> yeah, I have ones that will do. <laughs>
0: that will do for this. Well, Cheryl, it's been absolutely amazing to catch up. It's I again. I don't know how you found the time in your in your in your schedule to schedule this in. So it's been really really great to to catch up. You've been had such a busy year. Um, I've got no doubt that this is going to be the same for 2021. Uh, You might have listened to a couple of podcasts before. I like to do a quick fire round just at the end, just to get to know you a little bit and um, just for the audience to find out a little bit more about you. So Cheryl, what exercise do you most dread doing in your current training programme?
1: Oh, I would possibly say lunges at the moment. Really? I used to like them, but I don't know. I think it's just when you go up heavier dumbbells, just the thought of holding them for that. It's so day. funny
0: how things go in trends as well, how you can love something one week <laughs> and then it's absolutely it's not gonna happen <laughs> the next. Uh, post COVID, what's your top bucket list travel destination?
1: Oh, I don't know. My partner is always the one that calls the shots for the holidays, so I'll just go with the flow. I'm quite laid back when it comes to holidays.
0: You are so chilled. So a honeymoon will be his decision.
1: Probably. <laughs> <laughs>
0: what's your protein bar of choice? Or your protein bar, girl?
1: I love the caramel pretzel battle bite one at the moment. I would highly recommend that one.
0: Battle bites are that, yeah. I love the, they have a, it's like a white chocolate marshmallow yeah, one. The marshmallow
1: the one yeah.
0: Yeah, it's um, what's the last book, podcast or article you read or listened to?
1: I think I listened to your podcast last with little McD, is it?
0: Oh yeah, Minnie, Minnie Kirsty. So she is uh, she's a bikini bikini competitor actually. What um, category would you go in? I didn't ask you that.
1: My coach had recommended figure. Of
0: course. Who are you being coached by at the moment? Are you
1: I was being coached by Leanne Horst but I'm having a little break at the moment just to plan my goals and stuff but I'll no doubt be back with Leanne if I do decide to do the show.
0: Yeah, absolutely. What do you think about coaches, having coaches?
1: So it's not something I ever had before, but after doing my M10 course last year, they always recommended that you should try it. And I think it's definitely a good experience for you having that, just so that you see what worked for you, maybe what didn't work for you, just more experience to share with your own clients.
0: Yeah, I think because I've recently got someone on board and I haven't been coached for years and actually it's it's really interesting to have someone else's perspective. You forget what it's like. I don't know if you feel the same. I felt like a massive weight had been taken off my shoulders as soon as I got yeah, some less involved.
1: It definitely keeps you in check and making yourself a priority basically because that's something my coach used to say that she just wanted to give me the focus that I give my clients basically. And you yeah, no,
0: it's 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 interesting. Um what's the one thing that you wish you could eliminate from the health and fitness space? Could be anything.
1: Ooh Herbalife? Yep. <laughs>
0: I'll second that. There's a couple of uh, Instagram accounts I've had to remove recently because it's, it's difficult to...
1: Yeah, I think it's just, it's really hard sometimes that you want to get your message out to clients that you can still eat everything in moderation. Mm. It can just be really challenging when people just want such a quick fix that they'll try anything basically. And a lot of the times that shakes is one that comes up
0: yeah just to put it into context for anyone listening Herbalife what is it two shakes in a meal per day or is it two shakes in a bar or it's something it's something yeah, I
1: think maybe two shakes in a bar and then you get one meal I think so
0: mm-hmm. I don't think we need to expand anymore on that do we no let's move on <laughs> what's your guilty pleasure food or otherwise mm-hmm. I do like a little
1: bit of chocolate or a big bit of chocolate.
0: <laughs> <laughs> and you're not, a, is it dark? You always go for or is it? No,
1: it's totally not dark. I don't like that. Don't give me it. Um, just normal milk, dairy milk.
0: No, milk. But nothing's off limits here. So you can still do your pull-ups and enjoy dairy milk. And if you had 30 seconds to speak to a younger Cheryl, what would you tell her? What bit of advice would you give her?
1: Just be confident and believe in yourself and anything you want to do, go for it.
0: And on that note, Cheryl, thank you so much for joining me. It's been really great to catch up and wish all the success for 2021. I think it's going to be an amazing year for you and your clients. So let's see what, let's see what this year holds.
1: Thank you very much and all the best to you and your clients too, Caroline.
0: Yeah. Thank you so much. I just want to say a massive, massive thank you to Cheryl for joining me on the podcast. And if your kids are listening, how cool, mum is on Spotify. So hope you enjoyed it. If you want to connect with Cheryl directly, you can find her on Instagram. It's Cheryl under slash Stewart. That's S-T-E-W-A-R-T under slash unique strength or on Facebook at unique strength fitness and nutrition. Go through my channels. It's probably the easiest way, way to find her. I think that conversation made it abundantly clear there are a lot of challenges that naturally come with training women, how unique every single one of you are, your lifestyle, your everything. And there are certain aspects of training women when it comes to things like pregnancy, having a family, that I do believe having first-hand experience does give you that Hundred percent of the picture, and I think from from my perspective, having having Cheryl's words of wisdom and advice is is very very valuable. So I hope you you did find it really useful. If you did, and as ever, if you can either share the podcast and um, whichever platform that you use, whether it be Spotify or Apple, take a little screenshot and share it on your social medias. It does mean the absolute world, and it does help us reach more people. So if you can tag both myself and Cheryl in it, that would be amazing. Or alternatively, send us to someone that you think might find the conversation valuable. In Coaching with Caroline news, this week we're in the first week of January. So new training prog- programs, new nutrition programs, everything has gone out this week. And we're going to be approaching things with the absolute best attitude that we can. I don't know when the gyms will be open. We can only guess, but we can also just keep things as as positive um as possible and really look at things in the best light I think is the only way that lockdown can really be approached so if you are looking to make a change and 2021 is going to be your year don't put it off it's not something you know there's never a perfect time and some of the best results of 2020 were in in lockdown so if you want to make a change if you want to put things in place to make this the best possible start to your year think about online coaching and if it is something that you're considering jump on to the link in my bio click the become a client and it'll take you through a short application form we can jump on a coaching call and talk about your goals so that is me shamelessly plugged for the day um if you have any questions about our conversation please reach out to me or Cheryl but have a wonderful week have a wonderful start to your January and I will catch up with you all next week